the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the gang. And this just isn't your normal Audio Nowcast. No, this is the Audio Nowcast Holiday Spectacular. So starting with Mr. Scott Gershon. Scott! Hey! <laughs> Followed by Mr. Nick Peck. Well, good, good evening, Mike. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays to you. Let's get 2020 behind us as quickly as humanly possible. That's right. Uh, next, we have Mr. Bobby Osinski. Bobby. Happy holidays, everybody. Look at you, Bobby, out there on the cruise ship. <laughs> Uh, and finally, we have the Iron Man of the Audio Now cast. Uh, I've never missed an episode. 219, the one, the only, Rob Arbiter. Rob. Oh, everybody, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays to you, too. And joining us for the party is a guest. She's not really a guest. She's part of the family. She's been around. She's done it all. And she's going to be talking about some really cool stuff. I mean, talk about seeing someone just just shoot up in the industry. Um, my favorite intern of all times, who's now an audio professional, Miss Christy McConville. Hi. Happy holidays. <laughs> That's it, Christy. <laughs> no, no more energy than that. <laughs> it's uh, ten o'clock. <laughs> uh, so we got a lot of really fun stuff to talk about. A lot of really um, crazy stuff and some stuff uh, towards the end that'll be kind of fun. But first, before we get going, I wanted to talk to Bobby because I just read this today that you know GC went bankrupt and now they're coming out of bankruptcy, like they're coming out of Chapter Eleven. And I'm like. How is that possible? How did they get all this new money into into GC? It's like this company just does not die. It's just keeps going and going and going. GC is guitar center for anybody out there who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Bobby, do you have any insight on on any of that or any perspective on that? Well, they're too big to fail. That's one thing. Um, they didn't get new money in. They actually trimmed a little over eight hundred million off of their debt of uh, $1.3 billion. So they still owe a bunch of, of dough, but not as much. And the one of the investors threw in about $165 million, something like that. But that being said, they, they're actually doing fairly well. Uh, they furloughed 9,000 people earlier in the year. Wow. But that helped them get going. They haven't closed any stores through all this, and they're not going to, so that's the, the good thing. Actually, nothing has changed on a store level. It's all on, you know, corporate level. You know, the whole thing is a result of financial engineering, so that, that went bad. I see. Now, uh, I, I was in the Guitar Center uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, I had to buy some cables. And it's definitely not the same old GC. It's, it's super light on stock, like really light on stock. They don't have quite as many accessories in the accessories. They don't have, a, you know, the synths are really bare. There's no software at all anymore. Uh, and even the interfaces, they didn't have a lot of interfaces. They did have some used gear, though. I will say um, that whole used gear market seems to be really hot right now with a lot of people really getting into, into used gear and pushing it even more. But you're right. It's 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 you know it's not the same GC Guitar Center of years ago, but it's it's more of a I don't know more like a Best Buy, right? That type of a star. Yeah, but they're no different than anyone else. I mean, nobody else has stock either, aside from Sweetwater, and you know maybe a couple others. But uh, I I just bought a a, a Sheffield channel strip. And I called all over trying to get one. I wanted to buy it locally. Nobody had one. Sweetwater had it in stock. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me, though, that, that GC can come out because I bet, you know, the industry on the manufacturing side of things, except for some stock, you know, 
being short in some places, it's actually the industry is doing really well. I mean, I keep talking to my friends that are in, in the manufacturing side and they're still, you know, knock on wood, they're, they're still doing really, really well. So we'll have to yeah. see what happens. People are buying, uh, providing they can get the gear. What happened was earlier in the year when the pandemic first hit, everyone sold out of everything they had. So then they went to the manufacturers and basically said, give us all your B stock, all the stuff that you can't get rid of, we'll take it all. So that worked for a little while, and then it got to, to be supply chain issues, where if no one is working in the factory in China or wherever, then certainly not going to have it here. So uh, now that's sort of cleared up. A lot of manufacturing has actually moved from China to Vietnam and Malaysia. The reason why it's cheaper. So th- this was a good time for that to happen because, you know, the, the factories are closed anyway. So this accelerated the whole change. Didn't also the fact that that one chip, uh, the chip company burnt down and yeah. now a lot of devices just can't get made? Well, there's not a lot. They have a back, backlog of chips? It's SSL, RME, Tascam. Uh, it's not everybody, but... Uh, UAD, part of Avid. I haven't heard that, but I'm not surprised. It's AKM is the manufacturer, and they make um, primarily uh, audio to uh, analog digital converters, digital analog converters. So, uh, you know, that's something that everybody needs. The problem that happened there was the black market all of a sudden skyrocketed, price skyrocketed. So there there were parts that used to be, Three dollars. Suddenly, they're one hundred and three dollars. Wow! What is this? The medical, the medical field <laughs> with with big pharma. That's that's incredible. Well, it's good to see that at least you know the manufacturers are doing well, so that we have an audio industry when we come out of the the pandemic. And that's just it's so nuts and so crazy. So I'm glad I'm glad that's that's happening. Um, we're going to move, we're going to move forward onto that, but thank you, Bobby, for that information. It'll be interesting to see, I, you know, Guitar Center will always hold a soft spot in my, <laughs> in my heart because I literally got my first audio jobs because I went to Guitar Center and because I was able to go there and, and touch and feel and, and go through the, all the presets on synths and things like that. So let's see what happens. Let's see what's going down. We're going to switch gears. Uh, and we're- I still see lines out in front of the guitar center near me. Like during the day, every day, there seem to be lines. So they must be keeping people distanced inside and only letting so many people in. But there's a line there like every single day of the week. So they must be doing something. Yeah, and it, well, and we're down to twenty percent occupancy, right? I mean, in California, you can't have more than twenty percent of what your building will will hold. So. But I know that my mall, there's no parking spaces open. It's filled; all the cars, totally filled. Wow, that's kind of scary. We're gonna we're gonna move forward on that, uh, and we're gonna talk to to Christy. Christy did this great, amazing thing. We were talking on the phone. She actually recorded a bunch of sound effects for a video game that's coming out for um, All Elite Wrestling, uh, where she is the um, what's your what's your official title? The head uh, audio. It's it is audio producer. So that is just yeah. a blanket title. <laughs> Which is so great. I mean, she mixes every show and she does all kinds of stuff. And she actually um, got a bunch of wrestlers together and they got a rink together. And it was pretty amazing to see um, everything that they that they did uh, because you just directed them, right, as to do all the different um, – there's yeah. all the wrestlers uh, inside yeah. that rink. And you, you directed them um, to do like body slams and all that. Tell yeah. us what you did. Um, so we are creating the game currently with a company called Ukes um, based out of Japan. Um, they're so wonderful to work with so far. Um, they gave me a list of uh, 589 sound effects to record in Atlanta over one day. <laughs> Um, which, uh, your girl got done. So I was not leaving Atlanta without those 589 sound effects. So, um, 
yeah, it was a, it was an intense day. We needed a place that was quiet. Um, and thankfully we have a place in Atlanta that like AEW gets to work with often. There's a famous wrestler, uh, called Diamond Dallas Page. Um, and he has started his own yoga studio. He does his own yoga on like, it's like on demand essentially. And honestly, it's amazing. It is really good. Um, so if you ever want to try a DDP yoga, but <laughs> he let us use um, his place. We basically have a different, like, um, we have like a training studio where a lot of our wrestlers come from. Um, Cody Rhodes, he's the son of um, Dusty Rhodes. Um, he, like, trains these people. They brought the ring to DDP yoga because it has so- some kind of sound treatment um, because they do film a lot of things there to begin with. So, um we definitely covered all our bases there. Got that. I mean, like, I mean, you know, we're doing the best we can. It's a wrestling game. So it's like, you know, they're not 100% prepared for all the crazy things that could happen. Um, and, you know, we did the best we could. We got the ring in there. We got, I had 10 wrestlers. They were just kids, you know, they came in and then I would just, I would name them like one through four. And I literally pointed at them and you can't speak because obviously your voice carries and it would get into the, step or the rope rebound or the body slam or something so I'd be like one and then I like everyone look at me like one and then they would do the move (laughs) because I couldn't (laughs) say go so (laughs) it was all a lot I've never had that much eye connection in my life so (laughs) (laughs) so did they did you record like falls and did you record like lifts and did you record smacks yeah anybody, anybody get hurt Oh yeah. One kid got a concussion. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was, uh, so basically I would point to people and say, go do a DDT over there. And then they'd say, yes, ma'am. And I was like, this is pretty intense. So, um, but the one kid, uh, forgot to tuck his chin. And then a few minutes later, somebody came and was like, Hey, I think he has a concussion. And I was like, okay, we got to stop down really quick. Make sure he's okay. And then like an hour later it was reported that he was fine. So he came back and actually did an interview at the end for the the behind the scenes. So he he was definitely okay. But I have didn't. to ask I have to ask Nick uh, any concussions on your production? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, not that I know of. Not, not that I know of. There may have been something. Just on a banana peel or something. But I'm pretty sure that we all made it okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, a group of wrestlers at that kind of power, I'd be going. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Of course it was like that. And then you need um, like, like a small person to get thrown. You need a medium person to get thrown. You need a large person to get thrown. So I'd be like, you big boy one, come on up. And then like girl two, you're up. Like, you know, it was, it was awesome. It was, it definitely was a lot of power we'll say. So, but it was, it was a really great day. We definitely got a lot done and we, you know, we had to use props. Like there was chains and, barbed wire and baseball bats and skateboards, like lots of weird stuff. So it, it was a really fun and cool day. Wait, so. barbed wire? Is it really, is it real barbed wire? No. Okay, good. Oh, th- yes, that, it is. Because <laughs> that, that'd be like gladiators. I mean, I could just it's actually, like- it's a lot of duct tape and there there is a little bit of barbed wire in it, yes. But it's mostly like, it's kind of like if you take a piece of barbed wire like this, it's like, we'll say duct tape, real duct tape, real. Like it's like, they kind of cover it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you don't want to kill these people. I mean, it is for entertainment, right? Yeah. They know what they're doing. <laughs> they know where to cut. They'll be fine. So Christy, I have to ask you, and I'm sure Scott is thinking the same thing. If you had to record nearly 600 sound effects in one day and you were quiet before you recorded them, how did you slate them? How did you know what it is afterwards that each of those sounds was to represent? So we have this insane Excel list, essentially, that I printed out. Um, thankfully, the guys at Ukes have been doing this for a long time, so they actually know what they're doing. Because trust me, I showed it to the thing, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So um, it was definitely a weird moment. But I have this list, right? So it's like medium stomp one and then I need four takes of it so basically um I would say like my sound guy would I'd be like cool you're rolling he's like yeah 
40 link in Atlanta. If you ever need anybody to do any kind of like onset live sound, if anyone is out there listening to this and needs live sound in Atlanta, 40 link, they're amazing. So Evan Flory um, was running the thing. I would say the file name and then we would, I would say like, not say, but with my hands, like one, like four, come on. And then the file ended and then we continued. So and they were so cooperative for 20-year-olds. Are you kidding me? It was insane. Like, you know, these are children. So I was just expecting them to be loud and they're wrestlers. So you always add an hour. And <laughs> like they were they were there before me. It was amazing. Like it couldn't have gone better. So it was, it was uh, awesome. They were, they were good because they knew that you could say, you, you, okay, run into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> Literally, again, yeah. Like the best part was um, hitting each other with a kendo stick or like um, boards or tables because they actually did it. Like, <laughs> like one guy would stand over another person with a folding chair, just slap them like as hard as they could. And it was, it was awesome. It's so cool. Okay. I'm going to get that game just because I want to hear all the recordings, Christy. So it'll be, it'll... <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, what mic? Do you know what mic you guys were using? What mics were you yeah, using? So we had a very interesting setup. We were trying to mimic the live setup that we do. Um, thankfully, we had, um, I actually have an intern right now. His name is Zane. He's great. And he works at the, um, at the live show. So he knows how the uh, ring at the actual ring at AEW is mic'd up. Um, so we kind of tried to mimic that, but we didn't go all the way. So we actually had an SM58 underneath everything that was just kind of like safety we had a boom guy in the ring um just a shotgun microphone he was in there like just basically waiting for somebody to jump off the top rope and land he would record their landing um we had a stereo pair backed up in the room um that was uh like just literally like if here's the ring like two microphones kind of behind it so um those were an akg 414 um, just spaced out, um, worked out great. Evan had a full handle on the inputs and everything. Cause that shit is loud. So loud. <laughs> what were you recording to? Um, he, I don't know what he was recording into, but it was some kind of like, uh, he had his own, um, interface that he was recording into. So I did not ask that question. <laughs> I mostly was like, is it going to come out in stereo? And can I just take it, line it up and send it to Japan? Thanks. Um, that was my biggest story. <laughs> uh, a lot of editing or sweetening of the material. Before? I am technically not allowed to touch it. Yeah. Okay. I was as a post-production person, my entire career that's a that's an interesting <laughs> like statement, you know. So I was just I just took it, I take it, and I send it to. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Keanu. That's so. weird. Don't touch it. Don't clean it up. Don't make it easy for us. <laughs> yeah. They just want <laughs> everything raw. You you dodged a bullet there, though. I mean, seriously. I agree. Like a huge job. Yeah. That's the worst part about recording sound effects is just the editing afterwards. And the, they, have you know. so, they have a full team. I have one person with at least 60 hours of other work to do. So, wow. you know, it's good. It works out. Well, that's great. Hey, um, I asked about the mics because I, I also imagine that um, you had to do some of the more delicate sounds like the, just the steps, right? The footsteps on the pad and things like that. And Which are uh, louder than you think. Really? Are they are they loud? Yeah, especially in an old old ring like we had. Yeah, they're loud. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's and wrestlers interesting. are made to over dramatize everything, so you have to think. Yeah. About that too. Well, yeah, because every time they hit, they stomp. Right? It's like it's the whole yeah. the whole the stomp when they or hit, they hit so. themselves like a. Like wow. A, yeah. That's, that's well that's cool i can't wait till it comes out it'll be really great to see and i can't put, you're, you're just killing it out there with your the wrestling world there you know now you're recording sound effects and mixing you mix the tv show too right yeah it's airing right now actually i'm missing it <laughs> <laughs> nathan's watching it my partner is literally watching in the living room right now i can hear my sweetening from here 
<laughs> well, that's that's cool. Hey, I, I have a question that I got from one of our listeners, and so I wanted to open it up to the panel, And but it's mainly the recordists here, so Nick and Scott and, and you. Um, but Rob and Bobby, feel free to, to chime in. And they wanted to know um, how we record delicate sounds. Specifically, they want to record um, snow, a snowfall, which is, I can't think of more delicate than that. But but uh and so they were asking what what we would do and man when you record sound that that is that delicate the only thing i i said is i told them i'd ask everybody but it's like you really got to have your gain stages correct because the sounds are so delicate the last thing you want to do is introduce more noise by having you know your all your gain wrong but you know how would you do that let me just open it up to anybody out there how would you record i I know Recording snow, I'd hand him a blank file and tell him it's snow. <laughs> I know what I would do, Scott. You want to? You want You want to take this? Yeah, uh, you can go for it. Well, so there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, in terms of recording, um, it, you know, everybody's everybody. In terms of recording quiet sounds like ambiences and things like that, you want to have microphones that have a very low self noise rating. That's the first thing. So, Shep's. Uh, microphones are super quiet. Uh, I have a Sennheiser MKH 40 and 30, I think, in a mid-side configuration that are just dead quiet, so there's no additional noise added. As a result of the mics, and you use, you know, a super clean recording system that's as tight as possible, so I use a sound device to 722, which has got, I mean, it's built for this stuff with a really, really quiet uh, set of microphones. Having said that, if I were to record snow... I wouldn't record snow. I would record cornstarch in a very quiet room. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know what? I, I would totally agree on the whole Foley thing, but if you think about it, like I remember last year I was in Chicago and there was a really bad snowstorm, like really, really heavy snowstorm. And like snow really affects the ambience I mean, there is a sound of snow. dampener is what it is. Yeah, it da- like it dampened the city, but it was really heavy, and it and it was like it had this really cool, gentle rustle about it. I don't know. I, I, that's just me. It's like I, I, it's more that it affects the other sounds around it, though, than it that it actually has a. Sound. Well, that's that's probably exactly. true too. What I would do is I would go with a DPA fifty one hundred, which is a five channel mic. Because what you want to do is hear the spatial anomalies. So rather than, like, if you do it with one mic, it's not going to sound like a whole lot of anything. Um, I think that if you hear spatial differences, you're going to hear how acoustical things will be affected by the snow. But the snow is like cotton. It's, it really dampens. Try screaming in a snowstorm. No, I know. You you just there's, it's just very different sounding, and it really dampens it down. If anything, it would be interesting to take an IR um, yeah. snowstorm. It has. That I would remember. Be I remember when Chicago it had this. Um, it was really heavy. First of all, like you're not going to get a light snow. Light snow makes no noise at all. But like a heavy snow, it almost had like a like a tapping effect. It almost was like it because it was. Big, big snowflakes, big clumps that were coming down. And when they hit the other snow, it had this really weird little tapping thing. And, and look, I'm from Southern California. So, you know, I, I don't know the sound of snow, snow you know. But in a, the snowstorms, I'm not sure that was snow you were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing? I've had people we've hired go into Finland and Upper Scandinavia because they've got all these different names for snow, and you put a mic out, like multi-channel, and you hear like lakes and ice move and crack and snap, and it's it's this great. They actually in English there aren't any words for it, but if you look at some of these languages, there's a whole vocabulary. Yeah. Of different types of sounds of ice and snow. I yeah I I just think not being familiar with it when I when I heard it it was it. 
you know, how often do you get to go through life where you hear something brand new or you hear an environment you're just not used to? And that, that was the whole snow thing, especially big snowstorms. And, and it was, it was a really bad snowstorm. We, the flight got canceled. We actually had to end up staying for a couple extra days because it was so heavy, but it because was the teeth rattling, <laughs> but it, it was like, a, but seriously, it was like this, this, like it hit the trees and, and it, it, it was almost like a, a, a little, a light tapping. It was like fairies playing volleyball in the beach, you know? <laughs> As a kid who grew up in Pennsylvania and has gone through a fair amount of snowstorms, actually I can remember going to gigs where the snow was up to the door handles in the car, plowing through it. Uh, I can tell you that I never want to see another snowflake in my life. Be there. I also grew up in Pennsylvania, and I hear you. <laughs> three Pennsylvanians on this call. That's wow. Well, I uh, I can see how it could be a pain. Uh, you know, thank goodness I just stayed in the city and the hotel. But it definitely, it's a whole different. Like snow is just a. It's a whole different way to kill you. It's just Earth just giving you a, a whole new way of, of, of <laughs> to kill you. So anyway, all right. Well, hey, that's great, and uh, um, I hope we answered his question. And uh, it seems to me the right thing to do is to foley it. But uh, I would say also, a lot of times, and I, I've been through this a million times, a lot of times the idea is to deliver the sound that they think they want to hear. Exactly. You know? That's true. It's much more about that than the actual sound. Because, like, think about any gunshot in a movie. Like, it never sounds the way it actually sounds. It sounds the way they want it to sound. And that's, that's the bigger consideration. And, and just for, yeah. for safety... If you use cornstarch, you have to wear a mask. If you have that much cornstarch, that whole it's everything's going to get white inside, and it's actually not good to breathe it in. So you need actually uh, an industrial mask. Well, yeah, very fine particles. Exactly right. It's, isn't it also super dangerous though? I mean, because whenever you you missed out any of that kind of stuff. And it catches on fire. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. It's the whole exploding thing. Other than that, <laughs> I, I want to just pick up on what Rob said because this is sort of the the real point that I wanted to drive home here, which is the sound of snow. Even if you do have some sort of sound of it tapping on the trees or on the ground or whatever, it's not going to read as snow unless you use it in conjunction with you know, the stereotypical whistling wind sound that then tells you, right, oh, this is Hollywood saying that you're out in a snowstorm. <laughs> right? You take that and then you mix the two things together. I don't know. And, and it's very challenging. We've been working uh, for Riot on a game called Legends of Utera. And it's a card game. And a card game, we have two and a half seconds to be able to tell you what that sound is. So, so many of my guys, especially my young guys, would be like, well, it, 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 you know, you need this. It's kind of like a creature. I'm like, no, I don't know what that is. So if it's something that's recognizable, you have to recognize in two and a half seconds. And it's not very hard to cut because it's only two and a half seconds, but brutal to find the right sound. Yeah. Well... Sound identification is all about the transients, right? It's all about that first bit because they, I actually read this article where you can identify a song with just milliseconds of a transient. You can tell what it is. You can tell if it's stone, if it's wood, you can tell if it's metal, just like, like, right. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you really want to study everything, go back to radio and all the radio shows they did, which is kind of where even where Foley started from. But if I've got a rooster creature and it's, I go, I don't hear a rooster. I need to hear the sound where you go, that's a rooster creature, creature, creature. Gotcha. So you need to know, I know what that is. But if it's just a creature and I've got 150 of those guys, you have no clue what where one differentiates against, differentiates against the other. Yeah. That's, that's true. I guess you got to kind of play by the, the laws of nature, the rules to make it believable. You play by the rules. I, I always say bring one of your kids in. If they know what it is, you've, hit, you've done it right. If you don't, you, you missed it. That's pretty cool. Wow. 
There's some really good advice coming out in this podcast. Look at us. We'll bring it in on the holiday podcast. Hey, since it is holiday, uh, we're going to do something that's going to be kind of fun. Um, we are going to have a virtual gift exchange right now. And uh, the podcast audience, you guys are going to get to uh, listen in on this. Um, before the uh, before the podcast started, I assigned uh, names to every person here, and they all have their uh, Secret Santa buddy that they're getting their gift for. And here's the rules, guys. It can be anything. You know, we're actually not going to <laughs> exchange any real gifts, but this is all going to be virtual. But come on, this is a holiday party. And what's a holiday party without a gift exchange? So uh, everybody have, have an idea for the person? Anybody need any more time to think? We're good. All right. I'm going to start with you, Scott. Who did you get and what would you give them? I got Bobby. And... Uh, I'm going to get Bobby a little champagne and a 21-day cruise off the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah, you know me. What's that? You know me. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that, that's going to be his uh, secret Santa gift. Wow. What a, what a gift. That's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go on to Nick. Who did you get, and what would you give them? Oh, I got Rob. I got Rob. <laughs> and uh, Rob, I got you something that I know that you're going to love, that you're going to cherish, and that you're going to enjoy for the rest of your life. I got you the the Rush R40 <laughs> book with all of the live DVDs in it, uh, so you can enjoy Getty and Beatles. <laughs> Forever and, and, and ever. So I'll quote, I'll quote Bobby. You know me so well. I, I, there, there you go. So uh, I'll, I'll get this right. It's even got like you know a little Christmas bow on it. So I'll get this right over to you. Okay? That is outside as soon as the podcast is over. Yeah, that yeah. is that is so perfect. That is that is so perfect. Bobby Osiski, who did you get, and what would you give them? I got Scott. So. After a lot of thought, I would give Scott a choice between two gifts. Ooh. One would be a big cheese sampler from Murray's in New York City because he, he looks like a cheese kind of guy. Or you could get whatever the latest PRS guitar is. <laughs> mm, this one's so not hard to figure <laughs> <laughs> That's that is great. That is great. Christy, who did you get and what would you give them? I got Saint Nick Peck. And <laughs> <laughs> um Nick, after knowing you so very well this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that you work at Disney and you just give off this like such innocent but also cynical vibe. Um <laughs> And I would give you an all-expenses-paid trip to Burning Man to just really open up that <laughs> cynical side. I of what love the it. Happens. I have never <laughs> been to Burning Man. Uh, I really wanted to, um, and uh, it'll give me the perfect opportunity to go and uh, take a bunch of hallucinogens and look at a bunch of <laughs> crazy art. So thank yeah. you. That's so great. I want to hear all the about journal, it. Yes, and, and a lot of water. I know that you have to walk around with a lot of, a lot of water. Very good boy. Very good. I'm oh, looking forward to it. That's fantastic. Okay, Rob, who did you get? And what are you giving him? I'm going last. You're going last? All right. I'll, I'll, go, uh, I'll go right now. Who do you got, Mike? Well, I got Christy, which is great. And what I would do for Christy is I would build her a piece of furniture. And what is the piece of furniture? On the bottom, 
it is going to have a hundred terabytes of sound effects because she needs tons of sound effects for her career. And on the top, it's going to be a trophy case because it's not going to be very long until she starts packing that thing with trophies because yeah. she is really good at what she does and she has a bright future ahead of her. So. <laughs> so it's a trophy case server. See, I'm just, you know, can't keep up. I love it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Rob, it should exist. Actually, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, so the reason I wanted to go last, so I got Mike, and the reason I wanted to go last is because I would get Mike something he's been coveting for 25 years or more. I'm not actually sure how many years it's been. <laughs> 25, 30 years. I would get Mike. The Yamaha mixer. No. No. He could have I'll throw one of those in actually. I'll no, I think I, I think I know. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Roland Roland A one ten MIDI here. Absolutely. Which has a little keyboard on the front and you plug in uh, a MIDI keyboard and whatever keys you press they light up. Absolutely. That, that I literally, from the time I saw that at Rob's place, I have been coveting that whole thing because when I first, first saw it is when I was working with Rob uh, on Stevie Wonder's massive, massive live rig. And it was pretty massive. Well, and at one point, Goodman Music, rest in peace, they're not around anymore, <laughs> but Goodman Music bought a whole stack of these from Roland and was blowing them out really cheap. And that's when I bought this thing. I paid, you know, pennies on the dollar. I forget what it was. Like it was fifty bucks because I remember I missed it. It was forty nine ninety nine. They were selling them for. So I bought one, and then you had missed out, and you felt terrible. And I know you've held the grudge <laughs> for twenty five years. So for thirty years, I don't know what year this thing came out. People can look up one ten, but this is what I would get you, Mike. That was that's fantastic. That was that's that's a rack. I had a handheld MIDI analyzer. Do you guys remember that? And it was handheld because when you're on the road and you have all these big, massive modules and everything, and you got to find your MIDI problem, there's nothing like a MIDI analyzer to to go and tell you um, all kinds of stuff, you know? You know what I'll say? You can tell this thing is old and not just from the inch of dust that's on it because I just pulled it out of a rack. Before the <laughs> podcast, it lives in the rack over there. Um, but look how big it is. Like this thing, if you built it now, would be a millimeter deep. It's so true. It's like, it's like 14 inches deep. I mean, it's, it can't have more than a chip in it. Yeah. It, it's Well, the cool thing about seeing that in action, too, is like when you're a... You know, we worked with those, the synapses, right? Remember the big synapses that we worked with? And yeah, that, those that had one of those in. Yeah, that had a matrix of like, what, 14 by 14? And so if you want to see if, if the sequencer is playing the right notes, you just look and you can actually see the notes that are being triggered on that keyboard. It's really like for a key tech. By, it was 16 by 20, wasn't it? Is that what it was? Yeah, something like it was ridiculous. So, sixteen ins by twenty outs. Think about this: you had sixteen MIDI ins that could route to any of like the twenty MIDI outs. All right, and we had like four of them fully wired on the on the tour. So, just think how much MIDI information was going around at that time. And it's and one you know one little thing, one stuck note on one of those little modules, and you know you're. It was all over, but thank God that that never happened. Well, Rob, but, there must be like 88 chips in there. <laughs> I can't imagine, but you know, if you were to build that thing now, it would it would be it would have no thickness. It would just be a front panel. You just it would be it. an Arduino. It would be a, a Raspberry <laughs> Pi with a little LED thing. Yeah, absolutely. By the you way, could, uh, for those keeping track, 1987. So that is three <laughs> years. Old. Oh, is that when that came? Out? Okay, so it has been <laughs> 1987, and. It listed for a couple hundred bucks when it first came out, right? I don't know if you and found that. And what did it do other than show you notes? It, it, it was a MIDI analyzer. It showed you what was going on with your MIDI. MIDI and so this dial, it had this knob on the front where you would just pick which MIDI channel you wanted to watch. So it had this knob with 16. So no controller information, just note on, note off? Yeah, it's just MIDI-ins. Yep. Oh. There's nothing to it. Wow. But see, that's but that's the thing. When you back in the day, when you were working with these giant MIDI setups, there was no way to know if if your MIDI was getting there 
unless you had an analyzer. So let's say you didn't hear something. Okay, is it the cable? Is it the outgoing MIDI? Is it the incoming MIDI? Like, where's the problem? Okay, look, it looks like my module's on, but I still don't hear it. Okay, this is, you know, there was so many reasons why you wanted to have a MIDI analyzer, especially real time, you know, just to make sure that it was, was working. I have another piece that'll take you down memory lane, which should be right here. <laughs> I like this. I like when Rob starts digging in. We also used to carry, this stuff is all covered with dust, but we also used to carry these kinds of devices that would let you have, you know, like a little MIDI indicator in your hands. And those were super useful on stage. Yeah. Where, you know, it would just have a light, like a note on light. And you could at least tell that there was note on happening. Because if you're in the middle of the heat of battle of a show and there's nothing coming out of a synth, especially back in those days, there were lots of places it could have been. And you'd have to crawl around on the stage and plug in the cable here into the indicator. Is this working? No. Okay. So the break is before here. And without these little handheld uh, indicators, uh, yeah, it was, you were just basically stuck. I mean, there was no way to figure out what was going on. I know. It was really difficult. I'll tell you, between the MIDI analyzer and the other thing that was really handy is the MIDI filter. So there was a little single plug-in thing where you could plug it in and put it in line and filter out uh, MIDI messages that you didn't want to send. Um, that Those were like, you know, every keyboard tech that I knew had a bunch of those because you just never knew. Well, because back in those days also, some engineering team at some point thought it would be a good idea if you had a keyboard that out of its MIDI out would keep saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And that was fine until you had 100 synthesizers all saying, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And the next thing you know, all of that I'm here data is bogging down all the other keyboards and all the computers and everything else. So you needed to be able to filter that real-time crap out. I forget what they called it. There was, there was a bunch of different ones. System exclusive was a... Was a exclusive was how you would send patch information, but there was right. also this like, like heartbeat stuff where it was just the synth saying, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Yeah. And that data, like if you had a, a, a MIDI recorder that didn't know how to deal with that data, it would often make it crash. So one of the first things we would do, if we'd hook up keyboards and nothing would work, we'd just immediately filter out everything except notes you know, filter out all the controllers and see if it just works with notes. And then if it works with notes, then you start to turn the controllers back on. Yeah. I will say that if you, back in the day, if you use MIDI the way it was supposed to be used, you didn't have a lot of issues. It, it, everything played pretty well together. And the issues that came up were manufacturer specific. It wasn't MIDI specific. So right, you're trying to do something cool in next generation, but that only works if everybody in your MIDI chain is doing that same cool yeah. stuff. I think about this. That's, you know, Dave Smith, who we had on the podcast, he, you know, was one of the inventors of MIDI back in the day. And we still use it. It's still in all our music software. It's just doesn't come down a five pin DIN plug anymore. It comes down the USB pipe and uh, it's still, you know, pretty robust. And it's actually found its way into lighting and a bunch of other different industries. So, man, tell me a protocol that's that robust. Well, that's great. Well, hey, guys. Thank you, Rob. I will come over and accept my gift. <laughs> I have to hide it. There was, you know what? Everybody did great, man. There were some genius gifts in that one. I will say that was really fun. We got to do that every year. Um, so, hey, we're going to start wrapping this up. What a fun little, what a fun little uh, uh, podcast. And, and uh, you know, 2020, man, what a, what a crazy, crazy year. And uh, since this is our end of the year podcast, I'm going to ask everybody super quick on this next question. Um, you know, I'm sure 2020 didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you looking for forward to in, in 2021? Is there a project? Is there something that, that, that people are going to be working on in 2021 um, that maybe got pushed from 2020 or maybe you just invented it or you, you're thinking about it? Um, and I'm going to start with, uh, we'll go with ladies first. Christy, is there, what's, what's, what do you hope to get done? What are, you, what are your plans for 2021? Is there anything you want to do? Any pet project? I mean, we know you got your wrestling. What else, what else you got going for 2021? Um, honestly, my whole life and world revolves around wrestling now, which I'm not even mad about. It's great. Um, I miss the crowd. I miss the live crowd. I miss all the wacky things they would chant. 
I'm ready for a whole bunch of sweaty dudes to be in a big giant room again and just screaming. Like that's what I'm ready for. So I miss crowd. I'm ready for that. That's great. How about you, Scott? What's going to go down in 2021 for you? You have any fun plans? Um, anything? Yeah, I mean, I've got work. Um, I'm doing a Netflix show, which I'll be able to talk about eventually. But that should take me to the fall. And um, what I'm looking forward to is going to a restaurant, totally relaxed, enjoying being surrounded by a lot of people and not even sweating it, enjoying the meal, enjoying the service, and just, I, I don't know, I'll probably fly to New York, sit in the middle of Times Square, and just do that for about four or five hours surrounded by people. That would be awfully nice um, in 2021. You know, uh, before we go on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend going to earthcam.com. Earthcam.com, you can go to Times Square and you can, and you can, they have all these literally hundreds of cameras all over the world and you can stream some of this stuff. So if, whenever you need your fix, your travel fix, I just let everybody know, go to earthcam.com. Having said that, I went to Times Square and I was looking at the Times Square one and I saw a fight break out <laughs> on the camera. <laughs> And, and you see this fight right now and you feel so helpless because there's, you can't do it any, you know, it's like you can't call anybody. Not that you were going to, but it, you just, you just see this, this fight break out. So it's, you know, it's New York. So there's still violence out there. Uh, Nick, how about you? 2021. I miss it. That's a block from my old office and I desperately miss it. Yeah. <laughs> there are two things that I am looking forward to more than anything in 2021. The first one is my children going back to school. And the second one is President Joe Biden. <laughs> that's, can't say much more than that. That's, nope. Don't uh, that's, say another word. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Hey, Bobby O, how about you? What, what do you hope for 2021? What are you going to look forward to? Well, I have to say, I'm just looking at EarthCam, and the resolution is fantastic on it. it it's great. It literally, it's great. I have to echo what Scott said. I, well, one of the things I really like to do every day, because I work at home by myself, go out for for lunch with people, and I've not been able to do that, and I just can't wait to be able. To go and socialize a little bit more than anything. That's fantastic. That's really great. Rob, how about you? For me, well, I've I've been a very busy bee during the pandemic, and I've I've launched two businesses, and I've created a bunch of technologies, and I've started working with some new artists and a few older artists, and it's all kind of been in preparation. Like none of it can be none of it can really affect the public right now or be brought out into the public. So I sort of look at 2020 as the year when all of this creativity and development and, and business launching and all that stuff happened. And 2021 is when we test it all and actually bring it out to the real world. It's kind of been cool knowing that we're in lockdown. Like the deadlines have been a little bit relaxed because the stuff I'm working on, we can't bring it out now anyway. Like uh, the businesses rely on people being able to see each other and, and be together. So it's been cool kind of, almost under cover of darkness for these last few months working on stuff. And next year is the year we find out whether these were good ideas or not. And that's, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you what, you know what I'm looking forward to the most in 2021. And I don't know when this is going to happen, but I'm looking forward to being able to look at a person and not think that they're going to kill me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not be afraid of people. It's so weird how how um, anxious you get when you're around someone you don't know, and and it's just with all the quarantine and everything. And uh, you know, with with my household, you know, we've had COVID, so we've had to isolate and stuff like that, and and in in the fam, and it's just you know, you really. It's going to be wonderful to not look at a stranger like they need to get away from me. <laughs> and I'm and such you a, get hugs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
hugs and and I'm also looking forward to travel. That's I, I'll be honest. The whole Earth Cam thing that I did, I, I I that's my therapy because you can go to Japan, you can go all over the world, and I just need to see uh, other places. I just need to see other things because it's it's really, um, you know, there's a whole big world out there still. So I'm looking forward to going back out there. There's so much you know that I haven't finished and projects that got derailed and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that. So gang, um, travel thing is a big one too. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you right off the bat at the beginning of the year, I've got, um, some really fun sound work. I'm doing sound design and mixing for a, a horror film, which will be really, really fun. It's so good to get back into like, work mode you know and and just with the tools that you have and and all like all the stuff that i have it's going to be really great to go back into audio mode and and uh, have some fun with uh, with horror because horror is fun it's all good so scott yeah so scott i'll be called the sound library that you want for for that it's the most awesome one yeah all right and scott i'll be calling you so i'm just saying hey scott (laughs) rock chicken and cabbage baby (laughs) all right well hey listen uh anybody working on anything right now that they can talk about i know we have a lot of things that we can't talk about but as we start to wrap up this really fun little episode anybody have anything they want to brag on or anything wow always say all elite wrestling on tnt um, 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> hit it up. It's fun. <laughs> I will hit it up. And I, I will hit it up, and I'm going to pause when I see your name go by. Chrissy McCarville. <laughs> and is everybody really quick, before we go, that freaks up. Do you guys remember the first time you saw your credit, uh, like, out in public? Like, how fun was that? You know? That was, like... The very first time I, I, I saw my name, I was working on a Discovery show, um, and I was so nervous that I didn't even watch the show, but I made the last couple minutes because I wanted to see my name go by on the credits. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's always a big thrill. <laughs> All right, gig. Well, hey, look, everybody, you got something? Let's do a toast. Let's toast to the end of uh, 2020. And the beginning of 2021, uh, anybody want to want to do the do the toast? I've, I'm always talking, so I'm opening up. If somebody wants to do the toast. Anybody? Every end, there's a new beginning, and boy, are we looking forward to a new beginning. Cheers. Chaim. Chaim, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio. Excuse me. I'm choking on my drink. (laughs) That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. All right. Well, from myself and all the gang here, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Have a happy holidays, and we'll see you next year. We all want a hug from you in 2021, Joanne. Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Wireworld Pro Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and features a panel with Rob Arbitier, Bobby Osinski, Scott Gershon, Nick Peck, Diego Stucco, Brandon Birdside, Martin Page, Bobby Summerfield, and maybe a guest or two. We'll see you next time.